How does a family get together? How does it interact? And what are the relationships that make a family a family? On this episode of In Person, coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland. Welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. We are in episode 13, entitled, We Are Family, in this 13-week arc on the Book of Romans. Can you believe it? For 12 weeks, we've been studying the Book of Romans, and you are late to the party. But you can still participate if you go to inversebible.org and can download our Inverse Bible Study Guides and study along with us chapter by chapter in the Book of Romans. Romans is one of the Apostle Paul's greatest books in the New Testament that talks about the science science of salvation and we're so happy that you decided to join us in our last episode of the season here in the studio with Sebastian Kelly, myself Justin Kim and uh Seiko. I forgot to say with us and so happy that you guys are here and it's been a great uh what three months that we've been studying this topic Absolutely. yes and we are in the last two chapters of Romans and we only have one verse and we're going to be bouncing around a lot in 15 and 16 mm-hmm. But in these last two chapters here, Paul is kind of like signing off his email, the longest email and long very off. long email. <laughs> but he's signing off, and usually, I know, how do you guys sign off your emails? You guys do the whole sincerely thing? I write Blessings. best. Best? I write best. Okay, best. Who is best? I just like be best. best. Be best? <laughs> no, just like, like best sounds. wishes, best, I just like best, best. Callie. All right. Why are you sure? Why is that silly? Siku, how do you, how do you sign off your... Um, blessings. Blessings. Well, I did it to okay. my Christian the, friends. The generic Christian. That's, that's what I do. And Sebastian? Uh, I do regards. Regards. All right. And the then very just SB. Military. Military uh, regards. All right. Regards. Okay. Better than be best. Okay. Absolutely. I don't use be best. <laughs> very good. Very good. So, Sebastian, can you pray for us and we'll jump into scripture yes father in heaven it has been a rich and a fruitful experience Mm -hmm. uh, having been in in your word specifically in the book of romans Mm. Um, lord we cannot study and understand these things enough indeed we need these truths the rest of our lives and until the lord comes and forever and eternity we'll continue to reflect on these themes But now, Lord, in this final episode, we pray that the sweet, sweet spirit of Jesus may rest upon us and may guide us into all truth, just as Jesus promised, is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Siku, we have covered a lot of parts of of Romans. What are some highlights that you remember uh, from the book of Romans that uh, maybe someone who may be listening for the first time be like, oh, did you cover that? And you cover that. And by the way, you can all go to uh, hopetv.org slash inverse and you can catch up on this uh, quarter's episodes, but also other topics that we've discussed in the past as well. So Siku, what do you remember? I remember a lot. Remember a lot? Yes. But I think, you know, the, the climate probably of the study was Romans chapter 8 um, and, and you know it culminates in talking about the love of God mm-hmm. um, but some other things that I think were super awesome in the book of Romans were talking I guess defining those uh, 
the big theological terms like justification mm-hmm. and sanctification, you know, righteousness, just kind of going into the nitty gritty of what does that actually mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, so so that was that was a highlight for me, like making it really practical. What does it mean to die? Mm-hmm. You know, um, die in Christ and and the whole marriage. <laughs> yeah, no, the the marriage uh, motif. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so I think kind of coming to understand the the big theological terms that we use sometimes um, and delving into what do they actually mean. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, in the last few chapters, just really talking about the practical application of how does this work out in your life? Mm -hmm. And then how do you see evidence of an experience with Jesus, Mm -hmm. evidence of the experience with the one who has redeemed you? You know, Mm -hmm. so what does that actually look like in your life, Mm -hmm. um, in the way that you relate to your your fellow church members, the way that you relate to government even, Mm. um, the way you relate to people you disagree with? Um, It's just been... I guess, yeah, super rich. So this is not an internal discussion within theology, within Christianity, but it is the core discussion which emanates outward and impacts, as you said, family, government, and relationships, and all these things out there. I love it that that Romans is a really predominant, they're like glasses that we put on now. Mm-hmm. And from the, the glasses of Romans, we, we can now read the rest of the New Testament, read the Old Testament, even read the book of Revelation, where the gospel, the everlasting gospel is mentioned in chapter chapter 14, right. and then more we read the Bible through these lenses, these lenses get molded to be like the New Testament, and then we put those lenses on, it becomes this forever cyclical glasses that refines the way we read Scripture. Uh, but Romans really takes a, a big, big portion of that. Um, let's go to an actual verse. Let's go to chapter 15. Chapter 15 in Cali, let's just read one verse. Let's read verse 13. Right. And even though the both chapters he's signing off, this one, cha- one, one verse really kind of is his benediction to the Romans when he does uh, sign off. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, let's let's unpack that a little bit. How does this connect with everyone, everything that we have read thus far? Why does he end with this way? Uh, and and, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to limit our conversation just to that verse, but really uh, throughout 15 and 16, he goes into, it's kind of a long goodbye, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, he's saying goodbye multiple times, but he does give that benediction there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the connection there, Kelly? Well, one part is that he's talking He's talking about hope mm-hmm. here. So mm-hmm. may the God of hope fill you with mm-hmm. all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope mm-hmm. by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, elsewhere he talks about you don't hope for something you already have. And so some of the realities that he has described, that he has talked about, the, the lofty theologies, they're not quite experienced in a tangible way yet. And so he wants you to continue to be filled with hope of all the things, all the amazing things God has promised that are to come. Mm. And by by being filled, you, by knowing those things and by having that hope, you are filled with that joy and that peace in believing. Mm-hmm. So with that faith, and he wants, I just love, yeah, abound and fill. He just like, not, I don't want you to have this mediocre or the small, like, here's some Jesus peace. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's not this small experience. Like, I want you to be filled with hope Mm -hmm. abounding in all these blessings that 
God desires to pour into your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of language of maximum. Yeah, there. more, yes. more of that. More. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh, if we can kind of rewind there, and in verse eight, it says there. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promise promises made to the fathers. So it says there, like, hey, I commend you, Jesus. Jesus is going to give you the promises given to our, all of our fathers. And in verse nine, ten, eleven, twelve, are all these promises from the mm-hmm. Old Testament. Yep. And then his conclusion there is verse thirteen. And now the same God of the forefathers mm-hmm. fill you. Just as we have this history of God blessing the past and giving all these promises, He's going to continue blessing you. It's, mm-hmm. it's this nice. Like, it's, it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. I like I like in the like just the kind of those end caps that you talked about eight and then verse thirteen, mm-hmm. and you have Jesus there, you know, prominent. Um, who has become the servant for the circumcision and then in verse 13 you have the God of hope and then you have the Holy Spirit like mm. it's kind of the cool. entire Godhead is involved yes. in this experience that we have of salvation mm-hmm. I, I like that he brings that out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you look back earlier in the chapter you see that that prayer is really a a kind of final crescendo of um you know, what he's trying to address earlier in the chapter when he's dealing with the Bible and what he was trying to bring up. So if you look in verse four, he says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might Might have have hope. hope. So he's, he's clearly dealing with this idea of I, these things in the Bible that we reference, that we've been studying, that we've been mentioning, what did the scripture say? And Abraham believed God and he counted it for righteousness. And this is what David wrote in Psalms. Yeah. He's saying all of these things were written so that we might have hope. And this is why my prayer for you is to realize that this hope is for everyone mm. inside of Rome at this church. And this is exactly why the Bible is written. This is why I'm writing to you. And this is my prayer for you mm-hmm. even afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that he's he's landing his letter on this very level to say this is what it was always about and to why God inspired any prophet along the way. It's almost as if he doesn't want to end the message. You know, he doesn't <laughs> want like, to end one more the thing, letter. One more thing. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, and he just can't keep looking forward. He's he's trying to <laughs> the momentum is to continue going forward. And that, that that's I see that as hope. Right. Hope is the is the future reality experience now mm-hmm. and then the expectation for that to be to be coming. Yes. And uh, there's a lot of momentum in these last Final, final chapters. Mm-hmm. Anything else that pops out to you in these? And in, 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 usually, how someone ends a letter is as mm-hmm. indicative of their heart. Mm-hmm. Right. So you see a lot of heart language here as well, as well as the promises. Anything else, Kelly? Um, something else. Kind of just focus on it in verse eighteen that we can find verse it. Verse eighteen. Try to mm-hmm. thread it throughout here. Uh, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. Because the previous few verses, he's talking about all the things God has done mm-hmm. through him, and I just love that even when when Paul is talking about the things that he's accomplished, he's just like, I want to make it crystal clear. I'm talking about what Christ accomplished, not me. Just mm-hmm. so we're clear. But he does it in because that's like. A, that's a very disclaimer way like you're talking about all these lofty things you're like oh by the way Jesus did that but he's like I wouldn't even talk about the things that I have accomplished apart from Christ and so even just his ethos is just it's so empowering I just Paul to me if, if I when I meet him by God's grace if he has like this really meek voice I'm gonna be real confused because mm. in my head he's just such a powerful preacher mm-hmm. all the time and so I just I love that he he can't help 
but tell the things God has done through him. Mm. But he sees it as as much of a gift as the things that God has done to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Through and to him, he's like all that are gifts. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing either way. Yeah, interesting that that yeah. Paul does have a strong voice in totally his letters. Does. Yeah, uh, but uh, I think it was in Second Corinthians. Yeah, they they do criticize him and they say like, look, who who are you, dude? You get like, like a mighty pen, you, but you you have strong letters, <laughs> but you preach pretty dinkily. Is, yeah. is dinkily even a word? We'll let it pass. And he has to almost kind of defend his apostleship. He's like, yeah, man, I like Jesus taught me, and apostles. Were I know what I'm talking me, about. And, and then and you guys were converted because of me. Like, how are you? So that's a very right. interesting. Maybe he does have a soft voice. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I would be sad. He, um, when you look in uh, chapter 15. And uh, in verse 22, 15, 22, mm-hmm. we see that he says, for this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you, mm. but now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you. Whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. Mm-hmm. If first I may enjoy your company for a while. Mm-hmm. So here we have another hope component, right? That Paul is ending his letter constantly on the scriptures were written to give you hope. My prayer for you is that you guys have hope. And now he's like, and I'm hoping that one day when <laughs> oh. I come to Spain, yeah. I can come by and, and enjoy fellowship. Yeah, yeah, and get yeah. to hang out. Yeah. And so it's it's a really interesting um way to show the humanness of Paul in the fact that he heard so much about it. He's written this letter, this, I mean, obviously this thing is historically great, right? In terms of what God was able to pen through him. Yes. And yet at the end of it, as he's leaving them, he's not allowing us to leave this letter feeling like this was just a theological treatise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. This all that intellectual depth was really grounded in the heart of a person who loved the people he never even physically met. Yes. Mm-hmm. I haven't even come to you. And so this 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 departure component is saying that I'm praying all these things and the scriptures are for your hope. But I also have my own personal. one. Yeah. At mm-hmm. the same time. We'll see in chapter 16 that Paul says greetings to each one by name, almost as if he's receiving a. An Emmy Award and has to say goodbye <laughs> to everyone and it mentions them by name. So we'll cover it when we come back after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We are in the last two chapters of Romans. It's very interesting that Paul was trying to get to Spain. And we see in the Old Testament that Jonah was trying to get to Tarshish, which is in Spain. And I don't know why, but these guys can't get to Spain. <laughs> What's wrong there. with Spain? We love Spain. Well, I think the inverse is in Spain. All right, let's go to chapter 16. <laughs> chapter 16. And uh, I mentioned uh, on the other side of the break that uh, he's going to greet each one by name. Please don't make me read And uh, we're not going to read uh, the whole passage, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, one, it is a historical document. Yes. This is a real email. Number yeah. two, he's mentioning each one by name without reading each one, but kind of glancing over. What is this kind of, what can we glean out of this? This is, uh, as boring as it seemingly may be, this mm-hmm. is still the word of God, and it has been preserved for our edification. Why? Do we have to memorize these uh, verses, Kelly? No. No. <laughs> uh, something that... 
it strikes me is just his the relationships he has with all these people. Yes, he's not like say hi to everyone. Love Paul. Yeah, like he's like no say hi to this person, and he almost not nicknames but like my beloved in the Lord, and who also was here, and who did this with me. Like he has taglines to everyone. Yes, which denotes the relationship. Yeah, and you know. Paul is you know, even much more famous now than he was then, for sure. But Paul still had a reputation at this time. Like, Paul was a big deal. And so, to me, I love that even though he was someone who traveled and preached and planted churches, like, he had relationships with lots of people. <laughs> and they were important enough to him that he was going to put this in his in his letter. And so... I also just love, too, that it shows that he has these relationships that probably led to discipleship, right? Which I think we're going to go talk about, but that that is the key of true discipleship. So Paul wasn't like, I'm just going to preach, and then you guys do the rest. I'll be here. But, like, he preaches, but he invests, and he has friendships and relationships, and he does the fancy or kind of the... I'm in front of you work, like I'm going to preach or write these letters, but he also does the day-to-day of investing in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. just on that investing in relationships, we already pointed out that Paul hadn't yet been to Rome, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here he's writing greetings to the saints in Rome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That tells you that at some point he intersected with these people, right? Because like she was saying, there's a tagline to, you know, to, to, yeah. there's something to that relationship, but he hadn't actually been to Rome. Mm. Like, and, yeah, and, and <laughs> this speaks to me because I have a hard time keeping in touch with people. You know, like your, your paths cross at a certain point in time and it's kind of like, okay, that was that time, you know, and like moving on with life, you know, I'm in a different phase, you know, like these are the people who are in my convic- sphere. This is too convicting. I don't want to this. <laughs> but Paul, <laughs> Paul apparently, at some point, their paths crossed, and, and here's evidence of it in verse 2 in chapter 16. Um, well, verse 1, he says, chapter I commend, 16? chapter okay. 16, from verse 1, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Chenkria, Chenkria, Kenkria, Kenkria, that place, <laughs> that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints to assist her with whatever business that she has. So, Paul is now recommending that they receive somebody else who is now going into their midst. Mm. So he has had an experience with Phoebe. She's now going to Rome and he's like, hey, she's coming your direction. I want you guys to give her the fellowship that I know you guys are capable of. Help her out in the business affairs that she has. So Paul... Paul is not about, he doesn't compartmentalize his life by time periods, mm. right? Um, his, his relationships, he recognizes that in each relationship, there's kind of a trust, you know, and, and he follows through with that. Even, you know, how many years later they've moved to a different place right. and he's writing a letter and he's remembering the people that he has intersected with or interfaced with or heard about and, and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, just that's really intense for me. The, to think the about. ultimate tag, you know, like he's just tagging all these people. <laughs> and rather than, you know, a lot of times like when we tag people, he is a networker. Yeah. Sometimes we tag really for selfish purposes to get our post to be, you know, to get yeah. more exposure. Mm-hmm. But he ain't tagging these people for, for exposure. Uh, ultimately, he got the ultimate exposure. To like the whole world being translated, yeah, right. <laughs> but he's doing this because it's sincerity. What I see is sincerity mm-hmm. par excellence in these chapters. And to that point, Paul constantly calls each one right, his brother, my countrymen, our yep. sister. Mm-hmm. You know, Fellow being a person who wasn't raised in the church, you understand that you're going to lose a lot of relationships mm-hmm. when you decide to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of isolation. There's a lot of separation. There's a lot of, yeah, I can't roll with you on this. And now something that has been so transformative and defining to who you are as a person, you no longer connect with these people on. 
And so to me, Paul's, you know, ending here is a way to say, number one, yeah, we want to go preach the gospel and, you know, uh, not be ashamed and all of that. But there's also a place to make sure we remember the family of God mm-hmm. and that Paul is not just going to go say, all right, here's the gospel. For those of you who are confused, I've clarified all the issues. Have a good one. Regards, right? The apostle, right? <laughs> and that's it. Regards. <laughs> and he's, he's coming in there and he's saying, yeah, yeah, I hit all these things. But a lot of these people he's listening probably already believe and understand mm-hmm. the things that Paul is writing about. But he's taking the time to acknowledge them as mm. this is a family. And I, I understand that personally because I've I learned over the years of my Christian experience that there are people in the church that I'm closer to than my own blood relatives or my own you know friends from childhood simply because of the relationship that you have with them in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for people who are not in the church to understand. Mm-hmm. It's like, how could you trust this one more than me? Like, I'm your sister or, you know, we grew up since elementary school. It's like, yeah, but there's a different bond here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Paul is, is trying to, uh, not trying to, but I feel like he does it unknowingly illustrate what that reflective of the gospel and the unity that it brings in the Mm -hmm, family component. mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of warmth and a lot of inclusivity and Mm -hmm. brotherhood and sisterhood and fellowshiphood and all the hoods going on. Verse 17, chapter 16, verse 17, he kind of goes on the other side, and (laughs) it's a little bit of a warning, but the two are complementary principles, although they may not seem like it on 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 the surface. Verse 17, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Yes. Interesting. Verse 18. For those who are such (laughs) do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore I am glad on your behalf but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. And there's a lot of benediction after benediction. And we yes. can talk about that. But it's very interesting that the principle of inclusivity must also jive well with the principle of exclusivity. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes we try to be so inclusive of everyone that we end up just abuse. breaking up the fabric of our of, of the fellowship and the friendship and the family altogether. Yep. There must be demarcation lines or real inclusivity. Yeah, because at the end of the day, to have real community, the people in the community have to be committed to the community. Yes. And to want the community. Yes. So you don't, I'm just going to keep saying community. You can't get community. Sorry, like Paul. <laughs> Again, community, 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 community. You can't get community just by being in the vicinity of someone. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm physically here, and so therefore I'm a part of this community. Like, that's, that's not how it works. And so Paul can see, and and even in our sincerity, we can be like, well, we're trying to bring that person in. And he's not saying if anyone thinks differently than you, because we covered that earlier. Mm-hmm. He's not saying if anyone sees something or has, is still struggling with their faith. He's like, if this person straight up causes divisions, like that's just, that's what they do. All, like just avoid them. Mm-hmm. And so there is, there is a point where it is actually, as you said, it is damaging to the fabric of the community itself mm-hmm. to try to force that person into your community mm-hmm. because they're, they're, they're clearly showing by the way they're acting or talking or whatever that they don't actually want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is this is um, really intentional that Paul is saying he's urging the people he just greeted. He's like, so I'm urging you to note 
and to avoid. Mm-hmm. So he's telling, pay attention to what God has given to you in this unity, mm-hmm. in this bond, in the gospel that I just preached for the past several chapters. Note that and avoid that. Mm-hmm. Because in, in, in a lot of times when we think about um, the relationships of today, setting boundaries is very difficult for a lot of people. They feel like setting a boundary is being rude. They feel like setting a boundary is, oh, I'm being selfish or I am responsible for someone else's happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, because Siku is going to feel this way, if I say this or if I say no, then she's going to think this. Mm-hmm. When, you know, my dad used to always tell me that if people don't like you for who you are, at least it's you they don't like, mm-hmm. not someone you're pretending to be mm-hmm. because everyone isn't going to like you. And that's a hard truth and reality for people to accept everyone's not going to like you not because there's something wrong with you it's just it's just not working out Mm -hmm. and that's okay but at least it's me right because when it's when you're pretending to be someone and you're just faking it and they don't like you then you're like well you don't really know me right if you really got to know me then we would get along Mm -hmm. and so to me the the sincerity behind what paul is saying what you have is so precious do not ruin it do not allow someone to corrupt that and to destroy it And that's why eventually he goes to the reference in verse 20. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Mm. So the God of peace, he's going to handle this right. He's going to get rid of the devil and his attempts to bring this sort of disunity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like verse 18. For those who are uh, are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So there are within the family of Jesus, there are some who may have different understandings and disputes. And that's okay. Let's deal with that. But there's specifically some people who do not serve the Lord Jesus. And they're there to infiltrate and to to divide and to cause all these problems. And we need to have a keen eye out for these kind of people. Absolutely. Um, any other comments you can see from chapters 15 and 16? This is, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I want to say this, I mean, this is not different, but um, verse 19, like the, the end of verse 19, where it says, be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Yeah. Um, like that. Yeah, perfect. That struck me um, in terms of like being simple concerning what is evil. Like, you know, it reminds me of Eve when she was standing next to that tree and she's trying to have a conversation with this talking serpent, you know. It's like, in that situation, be simple concerning what is evil. Jesus, yeah. God said, don't be there. Definitely, you shouldn't be even talking to a serpent, mm-hmm. you know. But, like, she was trying to be wise, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to engage in this conversation and etc. But mm-hmm. when it comes to something that is evil, that is wrong, he just says, just avoid it, mm-hmm. you know. Like, it's okay to be simple in that Simple right. solution, avoid. It's very yeah. difficult to be simple yet discerning at Discern. the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Simple in heart, but heart. discerning in eye. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a Jesus balance mm-hmm. that's very difficult to have. Yeah, Kelly. and with that same part, for me, I love I love knowing things and I love knowing all about something. And so this is kind of a hard injunction for me. It's like, but I I mean I don't like do evil. I should like know about it to like understand. <laughs> but like I don't I don't think that way in that explicit of a way, but mm-hmm. that's just how sometimes I interact. Mm-hmm. And But the best way to discern is to be obsessed with and to see the truth clearly. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to understand. Just focus on Jesus and all other things will become clear in his presence. Amen. Amen. Well, in the spirit of chapter 16 of Romans, I want to say thank you to each one of you. And if we had enough time, I'd mention each of you by name, but <laughs> I will not do so. I also want to thank each of my panelists, my friends, Sebastian, Callie, and Siku, and also Jonathan, who's not on this episode, who have for their time and for their their families who have taken the sacrificial hit for this TV program. 
also want to shout out to Israel, who has been on a sabbatical hiatus for for this season. I want to say thank you to him. I want to thank you to say thank you to all the cameramen, especially Matt and Adolto and the whole family of cameramen out there. Lucy, uh, Hector, <laughs> Russ, <Keep going>. uh, <laughs> Vanessa, uh, Josue, uh, Al, and in the spirit of, of Romans, I know I forgot somebody. Thank you so much. May the God of hope bless us all. See you next week. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.